We are back after an absence. It is episode 136 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. And this episode will be not, will be wall to wall wrestling. Uh, after we briefly give a foray into whatever the hell we decide to talk about. But it'll be that and more. Talking about Ric Flair's last, 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 match ever, briefly. And then talking a little bit of AEW as well as Vince McMahon's retirement. What does that mean? Does Carlos have a hot take? Of course he has a hot take. That and more on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. Yes, I'm Carlos. It's David. Indeed it is. Finally free of the chains of summer school. Look at you. Look at you. Could just give everybody an A and moved on, or give them all an F. Y'all fail. You're failures at life. You're at summer school. Except Get used the, to it. Except the course I teach is generally people trying to reach ahead. Then you're doubly failures. Get lives. Moving on. Uh, so yeah, what's going on? That's uh, pretty much it. And yeah, did uh, did the cottage thing. Hmm. Spent some time at the beach on Lake Erie. Uh, might be going back and doing that in August. Again, uh, a couple weeks going to uh, the States, going to New York State for a bit, for a few days. And what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. We're just yep. kind of chilling, doing the thing, finding ways to occupy the kids and entertain the kids. You could just send them out in the wilderness, you know. Hey, go. Uh, hunt. You know. Hunt. I mean, Seek out things. Hamish is almost walking, so. There you go. Make it's it it's a, almost time. There you go. It's almost time to send them out in the wilderness to fend for themselves. Now, in the meantime, late, late August, and uh, Dave and I have already discussed this, and we're going to have to bunker him into a bunker with actual internet, not, not the garbage, you know, fourth world internet that he used in to use it. We need the good internet because we need to get ourselves tickets because AEW is coming to Toronto. Indeed. So that's coming. So that's coming. We're going to have to see if we can make that happen, and if so, then uh, we'll definitely check out at least one of those shows, uh, if not both. We'll see. We'll see uh, what the scheduling gods have in store for us, but yes. Uh, now we've got a little bit of time to plan, so that should be kind of fun. Now, as far as that's concerned, uh, stuff on this end has been going. Work's been busy, even though it's summer. Uh, some people have been taking some time out, which has been slowing things down. So those of us who are working, <laughs> it, uh, it works out for us. Not great, but it works out. Uh, but the end result of that is that, yeah, most of the things that I'm doing mostly are just kind of um, trying to take advantage of the sun when I can, walking out, getting a little air. But then at the same time... Um, Having a little bit of fun with the YouTube channel, though. This week has obviously been very... This past week has been very good because it's the week leading up to the National. There's been some great topics and things. And the live stream, actually, uh, Friday evening, uh, we were able to take advantage of some folks that are over at Atlantic City right now. And, spoiler, Atlantic City is as shitty as you'd imagine. It really is. Um, and they corroborated that. But at the same time, they were able to do a little cameo appearance. We were able to get some uh, live discussion from folks uh, post-day on the National. They were able to tell us a little bit of how it's been going. Apparently, the dealers are not moving very much on price. They're being very aggressive. In addition to Atlantic City's general shittiness. I love it. Yeah, just making sure. Atlantic City is in New Jersey. Like, should you really be surprised? I'm not surprised. Should you be surprised? You shouldn't be surprised. But the point is, uh, yeah, it was it was good getting it from, uh, from folks in the ground. So we got some reports from folks in the ground. And I've been corroborating that with them. So it's been good as far as that piece is concerned. So that's good. Uh, otherwise, uh, the summer's been good for the for the channel, though, because the live streams have steadily been getting increasing viewership. People have been watching. So, uh, nice. So my, my reach in evil continues to grow. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Any, uh, any good pickups lately? Uh, it's been very quiet. I have actually been very strategic about it. Uh, right now, I am willing to buy things, and I have grabbed a couple of items recently, but I'm only looking for stuff that is priced correctly. In the same vein as what I just said about the National, there are some folks that right now are being very aggressive with their pricing to the point that they're, they're out to lunch. Nothing can be done about it. I will share one with you. 
Uh, I'll share another couple with you offline, but it's only been a handful. Like literally, uh, I'm getting a ship my cards order that has maybe about eight or nine cards in it. Normally I have 15 or 20. Right. So like things have slowed down quite a bit as far as purchases. And I'm trying to be picky about it just because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to plan out a little bit ahead. I want to potentially have a little bit more fun at the fall expo. So mm -hmm. I want to kind of hold back. And also I've got some other plans. Uh, the infamous heat pump, you know, we're working our way towards it, but we got to start funneling more money into that. So we definitely want to take care of that. And right now where we're sitting, it is wise to have cash on hand. It is a good time to have cash on hand for opportunities as they may arise. For Just sure. Bear that in mind. But I will share this one with you. Um, and those of you who are getting the visual side of it, you'll be able to see it. So I will explain what it is. So this right here is from one of the newer finest sets. This is, I think, 2020 finest. Uh, this is from an insert subset. It was a finest debuts. And this is Samoa Joe autograph. But it is Samoa Joe autograph super fractor one of one. Ooh. Going Look fancy. at you, a one of one on the, the uh, wrestling cards. Yes. So that'll be my second Super Fractor. I have a Murphy one-on-one uh, -on -one Super Fractor as well that is going as part of a, like a little mini rainbow I've been working on. Sometimes it's fun to put together a little mini rainbow. Um, a little, another one that I'll show Dave offline is that I did pick up another Britt Baker autograph, but I picked it up from the Leaf set uh, because I've been trying to accumulate a couple of those. So I've been kind of working on that. Uh, we're going to see because right now the, uh, I do still like collecting the AEW cards in particular, but one of the things that has become a challenge is obviously we're still waiting for the other set to come out. AEW Spectrum was supposed to be out weeks and weeks ago. Still no word. And they've already announced that the 2022 AEW set is already supposed to be coming out, I think it's September. So it's like, guys, when does Spectrum come out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, we're going to be in the quote-unquote 2022 set, and we're still waiting for Spectrum. Uh, so I, I, I got to have some conversation with some folks and go like, uh, guys, soon-ish. Um, there's some nice, potentially interesting cards in that set, but uh, it hasn't come out. Yeah. And then even the tw the 2022, though, will be interesting. Um, we'll talk about it. Remind me, and we'll talk about it more, maybe in a couple of weeks or next week or whatever. Um, I'll say this. You're going to get a couple more folks that uh, that weren't obviously in the previous sets because obviously there's a, there's the delay, cycle yep. delay, and when they can produce it. Uh, you're going to get Ruby Soho. You're going to get Jade Cargill. Uh, you're going to get, um, I don't know if right. Danhausen made the cut, but there's going to be some folks like that. Danielson? Gonna, uh, yeah, Brian Danielson for sure. William uh, CM Regal. Punk, CM Punk. Uh, yeah. So you're, you're Adam Cole. So you're going to get some of the guys that were not in the last couple, uh, but now they're going to be transferring in. So you're going to start seeing them. And then obviously in future sets, you'll start seeing the, the newer acquisitions cycling in. You'll get to see more of them. So I think that'll be really good. Uh, what I'm looking forward to, what I think it'll be fun, and it does play into what happened on TV this week a little bit, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the hook rookie card looks like. Mm. Because that'll be a good one. Uh, you know, young prospect, right? Uh, from sure. that perspective. So he definitely would qualify. And then obviously we'll get more Wardlow. We'll get more, some more. Dub champ. That's right. But we'll get more Wardlow cards more because now obviously as a champion, his profile is higher. So he's going to get featured in more things. As so, it should be. Yeah. So it, there's, there's good opportunities for folks uh, to get more cast of characters. So certain character characters are going to cycle out and some other ones are going to cycle in. And I think it'll be, an, it'll be a nice representation closer to what you're seeing on TV right now. So I think cool. that'll be good for, for everybody involved. So let's move on from that. Uh, let's touch I got on a, a question for you before we move on to the thing, because we sure. hadn't mentioned it previously, but since this happened, have you caught any of the A and E uh, biographies or the, uh, the new series that have rivalries? No, I haven't. Uh, I've been, I've been binge-watching. I've actually turned Netflix back on to watch some stuff, and I've been binge-watching SWAT. Did you watch the Three Mile Island thing I told you to? Uh, oh, you know what? I forgot. <laughs> that, that was on Netflix, right? Yeah. Access to new one. While we're talking, I am going to I am going to add that to the watch list so I can remember. Meltdown. So I will grab it. I will Meltdown. grab it. 
It's called Meltdown? Okay, I got it. I will do that right now. So, right. Get, let's get to the first bullet point that we right. got there and we'll move on. Ric Flair's last match, maybe. You got to add three more lasts. Flair. Add three or four more lasts. Last, 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 last match. I mean, That's if it. you go by the, the Mick Foley um, way of saying it, he says you can retire and then you can have, you can you know, you can say I'm retired to have your last match. And then you have one more match. I feel Ric Flair has had like 20 one more matches. Yeah. And just to be clear, my opinion stays the same. His last match should have been the WrestleMania one with Shawn Michaels and stop. Because it was a really good match. It was a good lead into the match. It was very appropriate. It was it had a strong finish. Uh, people, it was well received. It was a good match. And Shawn Michaels was still very capable of carrying his end of it and making it really good. Uh, and they were able to execute and the crowd was into it and, and the finale was very strong with it. Um, that was the apex. That was the best version of the last match you were going to get. Then he did some stuff in TNA, which is pathetic. Then I, I think they, I feel like there was another thing in between somewhere that he did a thing. Um, from what I understand, I could be wrong. I think this is a tag team match, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's yeah, uh, because I think it's, it's him, him and Andrade. And Andrade. Yeah, which I like. Yeah. Um, and against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Okay, so the good news there. So I, I knew I knew the Andrade part. I wasn't sure about the other part. So Jay Lethal makes sense because Jay Lethal had actually uh, in TNA did a lot of. Uh, did an amazing impression. Uh, he did a lot of amazing impression. He did a Macho Man impression, and I think he did like a woo off at one point with Ric Flair. Like, so there is a little bit of a connection to it. Well, and and he's been training with Jay Lethal, so yeah, he's been so, following his social media. That his basically sparring partner, if you will, mm-hmm. for lack of a better better term for it, uh, has been Jay Lethal. Okay, so, so that's I'm, good. You that's know, good. so that's probably going to lead to a better match because they work together, they know each other, and yeah. I also think I also think it's great that he's got Andrade as a tag team partner because it means Andrade will probably ca- carrying the load. Uh, oh, for so he'll sure. Be able, yeah, he'll be able to carry the load and keep and keep Ric Flair's exposure minimal. Ric Flair's seventy three. He has no business yep. being out there having a match like none. No, I if mean he wants, hey, if he wants to do it, I don't. I think so. Let me put this. Can I go through the card for you? Because go ahead. So you've got some of these I don't know. Some of them you do, but whatever. I'm gonna just go through it. So the card for the match is Ren Narita. Versus Yuya Umura, mm-hmm. Davy Boy Smith Jr., also known as I think it's Harry Smith, versus Killer Cross, the Von Erichs, Marshall Von Erich, and Ross Von Erich versus the Briscoes. Yep. Uh, the Wolves, Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards versus Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. The Rock and Roll Express. Yes, you heard that right. Um, Barry Morton and Ricky Morton. Uh, so father son, Four Horsemen, Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alan Angels uh, versus uh, versus Jonathan Gresham versus uh, Kunsuke Takashita versus mm-hmm. Nick Wayne, Bandito versus uh, Laredo Kid versus Ray Fenix versus Taurus, Impact Taurus uh, Taurus. Oh, sorry, Taurus. Uh, you've got the Impact Knockouts World Champion Jordan Grace uh, versus Diana okay. Perazzo versus Rachel Ellering. Oh, that's you've solid. Rachel Ellery still wrestling with that? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Impact World Championship match, Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu. Hmm. And then, of course, the actual last match. So, all in all, not a horribly bad card. Um, I actually thought about it for I, for a while. I was thinking Sunday night, whatever. I'm, I'm on, you know, it's summer. I'm done summer school. I don't have to teach on Monday morning. So, I'm like, I might order this. And then I looked at the price. And I was like, fuck no. I'm not ordering this. What is the price? It's like 100 bucks. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Why? 
because it's Ric Flair's last match. Like, it's more than a, a normal, you know, it's more than WrestleMania or more than, you know, All Out or whatever pay-per-view you want to say. It's it's like $40 more than that. It's on, uh, it's on fight, right? Yeah, and, and yet no. <laughs> the exactly. No, the, the no comes to mind. <laughs> like, what the hell? As soon as I saw the price, I'm like, you know. I mean, there's packages you can get where you could get, like, the roast and, you know, and a couple other things. I will say, I will say this. I will say that that card is stronger than I thought. That that card isn't half bad. Like, uh, top to bottom, if I add it all up, it's actually not bad. It sounds decent. Um, but yeah, I think the I think the wrestling gods were so offended that my light that my light bulb wore out. That that's why I suddenly get, was plunged into darkness I see. briefly. But so, you have like the don't you you have many other bright lights you could use. No, I, hey, look, here's the thing. Right now, I've got the one that's facing me. That's the reason you were still able to see me, and I wasn't fully plunged into darkness. And then I just turned on the one directly above. Uh, but I have a, I have basically a light stand right here. And uh, this one right now, I think I just have to replace the bulb. Uh, it was starting to flicker a bit, so I think that's what happened with that one. But it's fine. But, yeah, so I have to adapt on the fly. I've, re, I've adjusted my lighting situation. But, um, but it was like, but, yeah, I think the rest of the guys were just pissed off. They were like, screw it. We're killing the bulb. We're done. Uh, $100 is way too much for that. Uh, I don't really care. Like, the, and I think that's U.S. too, right? Yeah, the match will be okay. I think the match will be okay. Um, and the rest of that card actually sounds pretty decent because there's some good, there's some really good wrestlers on that card. I think they'll put together good matches. I think it'll be a decent card to watch for sure, uh, but not for 100 bucks. There's no way. Exactly. That's why as soon as I saw the price, I was like, yeah, this isn't happening. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, If WrestleMania tried to be 100 bucks, my answer would still be no. And it's WrestleMania, and they usually throw out all the stops to throw in, like, special attractions and matches and stuff. But, like, no, that's way too much. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. good luck to them. Good luck to them. But it's like, no. I, and there's no attraction to it for me. Ric Flair's last match, in my, as far as I'm concerned, happened years ago. And it's done. His career has already been over for, for years. For you, it, it was the 2008 match, and you're done with it. Mm -hmm. Because it was a good match. It was a good one-on-one -on -one match with two Hall of Fame caliber guys putting on an excellent match in front of a big crowd. And got a strong reaction, and people liked it, and it was good. It was a good exclamation point on a great career. If you want to be a manager or a mouthpiece, knock yourself out. You're still more than capable, but leave it be other than that. Just move on. But hey, look, the guy who wants to do this, wants to try to cash in one more big paycheck, I guess, or try to, at 100 bucks a pop, I don't know how well that would work, but give it a go. Especially on good old Fight TV, I'm like, that, that, sounded, to, that sounded to me, when it's Fight TV, that sounds to me like a $39.99 card. Which, by the way, you'd get people to buy it at thirty nine ninety nine. I probably would have bought it at thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I think that'd be fine. Yeah, but not not a hundred. No way. Anyway, fair enough. Okay, cool. Anything else we want to add on the Ric Flair one? No. Okay, let's move on to the next piece. All right. So, so your next piece, you want to talk? Let's talk Vince retirement. All right. So Vince and is Carlos, and and more importantly, mm -hmm. Carlos has a hot take. I do. So let's start off with the easy part. Uh, Vince at seventy seven claims he's retired. Vince to remember. Do you and believe I'm gonna, he's really retiring? I'm going to get to that. So the point is, at, he still has a voting controlling share of shares. His shares are voting control. So he could just pick up the phone and waltz in. I think he's retiring from day-to-day -day operations. I think he's retiring from being omnipresent. That does not mean he cannot exert influence. Uh, and I'll give you a historical analogy in a minute about that piece. And then I'll talk about the hot take part. All right. So, so I'm dubious about how much he can really step away. I really think he'll only fully step away when he drops dead. I think so too. I mean, what the hell is he gonna do? Yeah, like he's he's got no life, so he he just can't really stay away. But he can pull back from the day to day. 
he can be the uh, the ominous voice across the phone barking out orders and making demands. Um, and he still has enough stroke to be able to make certain things happen. I, I have no no doubt and com complete confidence in that. At the end of the day, though, the co-CEO situation is his daughter, Nick Khan. Nick Khan, who's been like his appointed guy. Triple H can be in charge of creative because that's presumably what Sorry, has happened. Let's back it up for a second. Do you think that relationship's going to work? Stephanie and Nick Khan, both no. co-CEOs? I think Nick Khan will probably make maneuvers to try to get rid of Stephanie and bump her off. And then Triple H will be in jeopardy. And Vince would probably back Nick Khan if it came down to that. That's my that's my opinion. I think he would he would back Nick Khan if that became a power play. Uh, so that's part of the intrigue, you know, the the palace intrigue that is going to be part of this. For now, I'm sure they'll be fine in, in short term. The pro the company is still profitable, regardless of this whole thing. The company's been profitable. So my opinion here's the not hot take. Short term run, I think it'll be fine. The company will continue to be profitable. If Triple H is in fact mostly in charge of creative and Vince can mostly stay out of the way, uh, the creative I think will improve by leaps and bounds. Enough that Carlos will start watching. No. Uh, and that'll be a separate conversation. I'll talk about that here in a second to fast the hot take. I think the creative will improve tremendously. I think the television product will improve tremendously. I think it'll be more consistent. I think it'll a lot of it will simply make more sense. I also believe that more of the talent will be much happier with this arrangement and with Triple H in charge and with Triple H working the the angle of uh, you know the um, talent relations and stuff like that. I think the staff he'll put together will be much better received by the talent and by the people working there. I think I think morale in the room will go up. All these things will happen. Couple of things. Now, are you, are you ready for the hot take? Mm -hmm. All this said, number one, I won't be watching any WWE regardless of what they're doing. Number two, I think professional wrestling has just taken a big hit downward. And I'll explain why. Okay. Please, first explain why you're not going to watch. I'm not going to watch because the reason that I wasn't watching wasn't necessarily Vince. And the reason I wasn't watching wasn't to do necessarily with the creative. At this stage, that company has has so much ill will with me. It is still, there's still a McMahon in the co-CEO chair. There is the son-in-law of a McMahon in that chair. I would only be interested in watching WWE if Vince dies, Stephanie dies, and Triple H dies, and all the people related to them die. And they sell it to somebody else. Sell it to Disney, sell it to whoever the hell else you want, and they give it a go. But the stench of McMahon stays in the room. It's still there. It doesn't go away. Second reason, and I'll, actually, you know, I'll give you a historical corollary. Since we love since we love history, let me give you a historical All corollary. All right, here's do. a little here's a little history corollary. All right. Whenever everybody talks about World War II, they'll talk about a certain dictator and stuff like that. I'm not going to go there because it's lazy. It's lazy and it's also inappropriate and doesn't fit this doesn't fit the scenario. I appreciate that. But there that. is another one that does fit this scenario extremely well. It actually fits it almost perfectly. So they talk about the guy in Germany. No, no, no. Let's talk about the guy in the Soviet Union. Good old Stalin. When Stalin, when World War II ended, Stalin was still in power. Mm -hmm. Stalin lived for years after that. I think he died in 53. Something yeah, like that. I believe so. Okay. And at that point, the Soviet Union had been going on since the 20s. So at that point, the Soviet Union had been going on for about 30 years, give or take. So Stalin dies. The big dictator, the big dude in charge of all this stuff who had done all these things, right? He dies. Uh, the Soviet Union goes to democracy immediately, right? Nope. No, no, he doesn't. The guy died. In this case, he died. But the regime was still intact. The, the, the basic, you know, the infrastructure was still intact. Mm -hmm. uh, it still continued on for another 30 years, even after any direct associations with Stalin were gone, because this, the infrastructure was still in place. So it outlived him by over almost four decades. So, so like I said, it wasn't really until the fall of the Berlin Wall and all that. And you can argue that Russia still has a lot of those elements to this very day. Well, yeah, absolutely. So 
the legacy didn't go away with the, when the man died. So it's, it wasn't enough that he died. It, it required a lot. And again, to this day, Russia remains still with a lot of those elements still intact, even if it's a democracy. Mm-hmm. So, so your big change is, oh, well, Vince is gone finally. Okay, great. Stephanie is Vince's daughter. Triple H spent his entire career basically under the Vince's regime. Yes, he's got a different approach. Yes, he's got different ideas. But it's going from Stalin to Khrushchev. We didn't change anything. It will be different. They will approach it differently. And again, I stated it will improve. But I don't want to support you, WB. I don't want to support because because Vince is still a big shareholder in it. So guess what? I support WB. I'm still supporting Vince. Even if Vince isn't around. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested. I don't want to support you in any way, shape, or form. So I'm out. I don't care what they do. I don't care who they sign. I don't care what they put on the show. I am not watching on Monday nights, and I'm not watching on their show on Friday night. I don't care. I'm not ordering the network. I'm not watching a pay-per-view. I'm not attending another show. Until all of y'all are gone. Permanently. All. And that's not going to happen. So, WB has been dead to me for many years. I only acknowledge it out of necessity. All right. Yeah, and that's a decision I made a long time ago with it because I was because I looked at what they did with it, and they've abused and they have long since abused. It's not even a moral high ground thing. They've long since abused any willingness I have to give them the opportunity to do better because they spent decades not doing better. And the people that are still there, including Triple H's people, they were all complicit in the previous regime. That's why I use that example, that historical correlate. So what, is, what was your what? What was like the final straw for you where you're like, I'm out. Uh, early 2010s, give or take, because that's the, the run that CM Punk had there at the tail end. That was the last potentially interesting thing, and they botched it in the end. They didn't. They they just refused. They couldn't get past themselves to really capitalize on it the way they should have, because there was a there was an interesting thread of opportunity and ways that things were going, and then you reset and reverted back to this to the baseline. You went right back to where you were right after like you, you saw a window of an opportunity to try something a little different, and you refused. You went right back to where you were. And using today as an example, one of the guys who's done a tremendously great job in WWE is Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And Roman Reigns is done an exceptionally good job. And I'm telling you, Roman Reigns is very good. His wrestling is solid. His character work right now is tremendous. His promos are excellent. But here's the problem. I remember Roman, the, I'm different from most wrestling fans in that my memory didn't break. I don't, I don't whitewash my memory every couple of years just randomly to, to make things fit. I remember Roman Reigns being suffering succotash Roman Reigns and being a goof. I remember Roman Reigns doing, and I remember when he became the tribal chief that it made no sense. What's the difference? Why is Roman Reigns now the tribal chief and he wasn't before? Why does he suddenly care about this and before he didn't? Why does he want to do it this way and before he didn't care? Oh, but it's a heel turn. That's not good enough. I, I need why. And you still never gave me the why. So even though his character is really good, even though it's way better than what he was doing, He's still Roman Reigns. If he got bunked on the head and now he's Larry David, okay, fine. At least he's somebody else. But no, he's not. He's Roman Reigns. He's the same dude as before. He didn't change. The only thing that changed is now his character makes more is is better. <laughs> you just said, okay, well now he's better. Okay, well cool. Why? Yeah. You, you, you never gave me the why. So the even story is not there for you. The story of the change is not there for you. Yeah, he li- there's literally no story. The story is this will work better and we'll be able to sell more merchandise and people will give it greater attention. I agree. I agree 100% with that assessment. But it's not a story. There is no story. Why does Becky Lynch dress like a goofball? Because reasons. Why does Seth Rollins dress like a goofball? Because reasons. None of it matters. All of it's bullshit. 
That's WWE. Guess what? It's not going to change. Oh, but Triple H will do a better I, I have. I just said, Triple H, if he's the one truly in charge, the show will be better. I still don't give a shit. So why is it going to make wrestling worse? Because Tony Khan did not capitalize on the opportunity. If Vince McMahon had stayed in power and the creative had remained as truly crappy as it is, and the morale in the room had stayed as truly crappy as it was, and John Laurinaitis was still there pissing people off as he was, Tony Khan would have had more time to be able to fix his own blind spots. Tony Khan is not perfect. AEW is not perfect. I don't want people to misconstrue this and think that, oh, well, you must think AEW is perfect. I do not. I have critiqued AEW just as I critique anything else. And they very, seem very, um, especially Tony Khan, reticent to any criticism. Yes. Right? Even constructive criticism, right? I, I mean, I listen to Busted Open. I mean, I don't listen to as much as I did when I was driving every day. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I, I listen to Busted Open a fair bit, right? And they, I mean, most of the people, well, I don't think anybody doesn't, but like they want AEW to succeed. They want the product to be good, right? Mm-hmm. And But occasionally, they offer suggestions. I mean, Bully Ray in particular will say things that are like, yo, this sucked. Mm-hmm. Not that AW sucks or I hate AW or whatever. It's like, dude, if they did this instead, it'd be a lot better. Or if they worked on this, it would be a lot better. And then it's like, you know, he just goes into a Twitter, a Twitter tirade. And it's like, Tony, like someone should take away his Twitter account. I've said that already in the past. But the thing is that people don't, what people don't understand is that Tony Khan is a wrestling fan. He's a very passionate wrestling fan. But he grew up in the message board era of wrestling fandom where they're just flaming each other and fantasy booking left right. Well, the thing is, Tony Khan, the difference is that Tony Khan is a son of a billionaire. And that cannot be forgotten. He is the son of a billionaire. Vince McMahon acts like he's the son of a billionaire. <laughs> he became a billionaire, but he acts like one. Vince McMahon is basically old Tony Khan. So Tony Khan can become Vince McMahon one day with the senility. It will kick in at some point. He's still young enough that he's still got decades before that happened. But the problem is he hasn't learned all the lessons. Tony Khan does certain things infinitely better than WWE was doing them. And certain things he does really make more sense and work much better. That's why I want to be clear about this. I prefer AEW's presentation. I'm not saying it's perfect because I have so much that I can critique on every single show. A bunch of little things that they continuously don't update and fix. And they've had certain things that are very fixable that they flat out refuse to fix. So now let me use a couple of examples. And this is where the Vince McMahon retirement is actually going to hurt them. Remember what I said earlier about the product being better in the th- in theory, in this it's theoretical. Remember what I said about the morale being better? One of your best sources of new talent is the disgruntled XWB employee who got screwed over. Well, if Triple H tightens that up, that's not going to be available to you. Can you still outbid WWE for some folks? Of course you can. The, the cons actually have more money than WWE does. They can totally outbid them. But then all of a sudden, that becomes the only reason you can get them to come over. Because, in theory, WWE is still the biggest game in town. They've still got the biggest stage. If you just want money and you want prestige, they can still do that. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Under Triple H regime, even though morale will improve, I guarantee you there's still going to be independent contractors. They'll still be able to cut them at a moment's notice. That won't change. I think the number of people that get cut will be lessened. I think they will be a little bit tighter about hiring and then only if it makes sense getting rid of them, not just doing it for the hell of it. It would be less, you know, Vince McMahon-y that way. That will, that will lessen. But guess what? That also means morale will improve. So a lot of folks who are kind of on the fence, like, oh, well, I could go to AW, but WWE's got a contract on the table for me, and I'm, I'm kind of happy with it. I, I like hanging out with my coworkers. We have fun. We do, you know, up, up, down, down. We play video games, and we're just hanging out and chilling. I'm pretty cool here. I'm fine. That isn't to say I don't have friends on the other company, but I don't really need to go. I'm pretty happy where I am. That's fine. Yep. So if they're already good, 
you you just lost that disgruntled demographic. So although no, that could mean, I mean, it, it it could help. I mean, the AW roster is so bloated, right? That maybe maybe you know not picking up a new toy every month may actually you know force Tony Khan to work with the people he has. And but it hasn't. That the thing is, the new toy thing. He he has been inclined to do it. It's his it's his default move. So the thing is, he is not necessarily. And to be clear, this isn't across the board. Wardlow's progression has been tremendous. Absolutely. It was executed almost perfectly. And that's why I'm going to give the, I want to be, I actually want to present a holistic view here. So just stick with me on this. I want to present a holistic view. Gotcha. The Wardlow thing has been tremendous. The mm -hmm. steps and everything they got it, beautifully executed. They created a star. Britt Baker was a non-entity. She was, a, she was an indie wrestler who no one had really heard of and an enhancement talent, WWE to Nia Jax. That is the full extent. And then Britt Baker today is on the posters. She's on this side of the other. And she's done the work. And they have done the work presenting her well. They created a star. Jade Cargill was green, it was green as grass when they started. But she had the look. And they they built her up. They, they, they steadily moved. It's not done. The process isn't done. But she looks like a star already. She looks the part. She presents like a star. So they've already created a star. Now it's just tighten up the little pieces here and there. But we're, we're well on our way. We're well on our way. They do have a bloated roster, but the thing is, that's not, a, that's not a problem. It allows you to rotate the roster. The problem is he's not very good at rotating. He doesn't seem to understand how to rotate. I would love the roster they have because you can do a lot with it. It means, it means people can take a couple of months off. It actually means you can give people breaks to keep you know injuries down and whatever, but mm -hmm. then you get to pick your spots. So actually, this roster, as big as it is, it can be an asset if you use it like an asset. Well, especially that he own, considering he owns the Ring of Honor. Correct. But the reality is, I don't need people wrestling twelve months a year. It's it's in certain ways, it's better to give them little breaks here and there to keep them to keep them fresh. And then, uh, but what you do is you build a feud, you let them do their thing, and if it's not leading specifically to the title thing, but you just wanted them to have this fun feud, feature it on TV, do all the stuff you need to do, and then maybe they go away for a little bit, and then they come back after a little bit and do a different feud. Certain folks, it makes more sense to do that, but it means they can come and go a little bit here and there. So it means they're not going to be on TV all the time, but they'll be on TV semi-consistently. And when they're in the middle of something, they are on TV every week because it makes sense for them to be on TV every week. But what they do is they'll have somebody come on TV, have one match, do some stuff on Dark and Elevation, and then they disappear for five weeks, and then they suddenly show up again. That's what doesn't make sense. That, that's the you know herky-jerky nature of it. Yeah. And that, that's been Tony Khan's MO. The women's division is still stuck where it was stuck. And I've, and I've harped on this before, but it's like, that's a potential demographic. So going back real quick, let me let me come back for a second. The point that I made about WWE potentially plugging some of those leaks is that then all of a sudden Tony Khan loses the moral high ground he had. And Tony Khan is obsessed about this moral high ground. The problem is you've just lost it. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose it. So, and you didn't capitalize on it. Your audience is where it is. Okay? You're mm -hmm. not going to steal people from WWE. Your job should be to build, you've got a beautiful core audience, a good core audience that is solid and is loyal. Mm -hmm. You want to add to that with people outside. Well, wouldn't it make sense then to potentially cater to a female demographic by actually having something resembling a division that maybe that, hey, you know what? Oh, they've got some really good women's matches here on AEW that they showcase and premiere a little bit. And they've got a couple of things going on. Okay, I like this person. Good. That's how you should do it. You yes. Present some of these people. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's a potential new audience you could tap into that you didn't have before that WWE doesn't have either. So that's where you get more audience. That is where you draw more rate. You're not going to steal it from WWE. 
The WWE folks will watch three hours of test powder. They've already proven it. Raw has been garbage for 10 years. And they still watch that shit. A million people in change watch that shit even though it sucks. So you're not going to steal them. It doesn't matter. So your job should not be to be like, oh, we'll get one over on WWE. No, your focus should be like, we need to take our core audience, add a little bit to it where we can. We do things they don't do. We'll feature Mexican talents and these folks from, you know, from Mexico and this thing. We'll feature Japanese talents. So we've got stuff they don't, they can't, they don't have. Mm -hmm. That's good. And if we have some of these female talents and we feature some of them, that could be something. It can become the variety show. You want bigger rating? You need a variety show. You need a little bit of everything. The trios championship was past due. It was overdue, but they've got great trios teams. So that's actually going to be really good. That'll actually be really fun on the shows, but you can't fill up the show with everything else. And then forget about the opportunities that you're missing here. This entire women's division here. Now there's enough people in that division. I should be seeing Jamie Hader more. I want to see Britt Baker on a semi-regular basis because she is one of your stars. So she should see her regularly, but I want to see Jamie Baker. Uh, sorry, uh, Jamie Hader. I want to see, um, I want to see Jade on a semi-regular basis. It shouldn't be like here and there. I want to see her defend her title a couple more times on TV here and there because she's your, one of your rising stars. She should be featured a little bit more. They've done a decent job of it, but I need to see her on TV regularly because she's one of your stars. Yeah. Build it up. I want to see more Serena Deeb. I want to see more Tony Storm. I need these people on TV. For the men's side of things, they've done an okay job with some of them. But there's certain things that are... they Again, Wardlow has been made into a star. Good job. Yes. Good job. I want to see a little bit more from some of these other guys who have a lot of these pieces, but you just aren't capitalizing on them fully. I want to see more Ethan Page because I think he's really good. I want to see Darby Allen not just being one meaningless few right after another. I want to see the goddamn, uh, what's it called? House of Black. More. Mm -hmm. I want Malachi Black. I want these people. They're good. Yeah. I want the former pirate Julia Hart, but I need I need her to actually make sense. You did the thing, and now she's on Dark and Elevation. Fine. I watched a couple of her matches. Decent. Still needs a little work, but that's well, okay. She's young, too. She's very young. She, she's young. But I want to see. She can be like your manager kind of on the side doing whatever, helping interference. I should be seeing her. She should accompany Brody King to the ring and be like a distraction. Why am I not seeing her? She's part of your goddamn House of Black. They put time in these things. They put time in these things. They presented it interesting. Why am I not seeing more Buddy Murphy? He's great in the ring. He's great. So, so you got this House of Black, okay? And when we get to the Trios Championships now, you're going to suddenly see them again. But that's my problem with Tony Khan. Starts hot, starts with the House of Fire, does this whole thing, and then, yeah, they're still around. They're still having matches here and there. They're having promos. And I'm like, what's the point? What are we getting at? Like, can, can we get to a point here? Miro came out hot won the TNT championship, had a great run with it. And then injury, it was injury, so he had to come back. But now he's back, and it's like, okay, so what's Miro's mission now? What's he doing? I think he's going to feud with Malachi Black, which, by the way, will be a good match. It'll be a good match. The problem with AEW is not that they don't have good matches, and it's not that they don't have storylines. It's just they're not consistent, consistent on it. Yeah. Well, they're mad. I mean, from a match standpoint, AEW, I would say, is and just strictly from the matchups, not the actual in-ring work. Right, I, but not that it's not bad. It is good, but from a matchup standpoint, they're far superior than I would say any other promotion. Yeah, but because it's also because even though I said they're not being used enough, even the folks that appear come and go a little bit here and there, and they're back and forth, none of them go on prolonged losing streaks. None of them are presented as losers. They're presented as credible threats to each other. 
So it Even always Captain feels like John Dean beat MJF. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I, my point here is that there are legit, there are clear enhancement talents, and then there are folks that are considered regular feature players that rotate through, and all of them, if you notice, have winning records, which is to say, when you see them, they do win more often than they lose. So you still get the idea that hey, they could totally win this match. So they, they, it still feels like a competitive thing when you put these people together because either one of these people could win. They both have decent records. They both do win most of their matches. So that tells you that, okay, this could be a legitimate thing. It's not just, oh, yeah. well, obviously this person's going to win. They always win. And this person always loses. Mm-hmm. No, you get a sense that, okay, no, either one of you could win. And that, that makes it a little bit more competitive. And then the match being good obviously works into it. Darby Allen has actually lost a couple of different matches in a row. But Darby Allen has been built up to a point where he's pretty solid. But at some point, he needs to start doing something again. It can't just be him randomly walking out with Sting and then, like, what are we actually doing? Darby Allen is one of your young stars that you've actually built up. He was another indie guy who really, yeah, he was out there. But people react to Darby Allen. He's getting a good reaction. Thunder Rosa right now as the champion. She's, she's worse off now than before she won the championship. She's yeah. your champion. She has a belt. <laughs> we barely see her. And even when they did the, remember they did, right now when they do that thunderstorm, that tag team with Tony Storm, I'm like, why are they a tag team? You don't have a women's tag team division. Why are we doing this? What is the point? Yeah. At least they gave an excuse for, uh, at least they gave an excuse for a couple of funny promos with Rip Baker where she had the sandbag. That was funny. That's true. I got a kick out of it. I appreciated it. The point though is that's all I'm getting out of this. I'm getting a couple of good inside jokes. You see? That's how important it is. Getting Echo. So the but the thing is that, but you, you understand what I'm getting at, though. I do. It's these little details that Tony Khan has not tightened up. And one of the criticisms, let's go back to our favorite, Big Swole. I think Big Swole was whining and complaining for the most part. But one thing where she has proven to be correct, and I agreed with her at the time, and I thought it was a legitimate critique, is that their talent relation communication is not good. And it hasn't improved. That is one area. Remember what I said a moment ago about moral high ground? Triple H is better communication. History has proven that he's much better at getting information to his talent. And if they have a question, they can come directly to him and talk to him about XYZ. Whether they get what they want or not, at least they feel like they can talk to the guy. And they've been heard. And they've been heard. That's huge. Huge. Because all of a sudden, if you lose the moral high ground, now it's going to be those little details that are going to hurt you that are going to help WWE. And again, like I said, WWE isn't going to be fixing up. Nothing they do is going to draw my attention. I don't care what they do. But at the same time, AW could be stuck permanently in right, right where it is right now in purgatory and never advance because Tony Khan has refused to address the legitimate issues that have been there and he isn't fixing them. Even while doing a good job in other categories. Yeah. The problem is Tony Khan can't get out of his own way. Yes. That, that's the reason why I said, Dave, that Vince being out of WWE means that WWE will get a chance to improve. But it also means the WWE was never fully punished for the hubris of decades of Vince McMahon neglect. They have never been full. If WWE had actually been, if WWE had gotten to the point where they finally hurt their ratings enough that the network started looking at them seriously, they would be forced to really look at a wholesale change, a real change, not a, okay, well now Stephanie's in charge and now Triple H is in charge change. Not the, well, Stalin died, but Khrushchev will take over change. Not that is not a real change. So, in your in your opinion, then, when do you think? I mean, obviously, it was never going to happen. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I think the only reason Vince left now, it has nothing to even, despite what his tweet said, tweet said I don't think it's his age. No, it was um, it was because of the sex scandal and the payoff money and the hush money. It was literally something completely. That's why I say I'll put it this way. One more quick moment before your question. All right. I think Tony Khan, in his mind, thinks he beat Vince McMahon, and I was like, you didn't beat him, Vince McMahon. You haven't fixed your own house yet fully. Vince your house is not Vince. done. Yeah, Vince took took himself out of the picture, and he is old. So at this point, he's like, all right, look. Y'all take over. I've already given you. I've already groomed you. You're you're good to go. Just do your thing. I'll be over here. If I don't like something, I'll call in and yell at you. <laughs> so like for him, it's like. But trust me, he'll pick up that phone. He's still around. <laughs> don't worry about it. Even if he's not there every day, he's around. So, in your opinion, if if it could have happened, when should have Vince left? Oh, if it was gonna be, if he was gonna leave legitimately, like truly leave, he literally could have left ten or fifteen years ago. No, but when should he have left? When when was when were you like, okay, Vince, it's time you go? When did when did you think that? Um, when the ruthless aggression era ended, uh, like I said, when I look at it, I, I'm serious. When they botched that CM Punk thing in 2012 or 13, and they did the thing where Punk had that long title reign, and they ended it just to give the title to Rock so that he could do the thing with John Cena again. Um. At that point, they had jumped the shark. Because it was like, yeah, I like The Rock, but The Rock isn't a full-time wrestler anymore. Yeah, it'll be a big marquee matchup, but like, did you need it? Not really. Was it necessary? No. And they're still trying to shoehorn The Rock back in, even all these years later. They still want The Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So, you know, Rock's in his 50s. He's a big, he's actually a little too big to, to really wrestle without potentially hurting himself again. He's like Ryback big. Yeah, like he's gigantic. Um, and he's in his 50s. So it's one of those things, like, he's not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, it's been a lot of years since he's wrestled regularly. A lot of years. So it's like, why? The Rock effectively retired, really, the first time, in his early 30s. The Rock's 50. Yeah. It's been 20 years. Like, he's been kind of, uh, really, he, he would make little comebacks for a couple months here and there. But for the most part, he's been retired for 20 years. Yeah. Which is crazy to think, if you really think about it. But it's true. Um... As it stands today, no. Like maybe about 10 or years ago or so, if Vince had not been around. But I don't know. I, to be fair, I don't know if Triple H would have executed it well at that time either. Because he didn't see him punk had some bad blood at that time. And I don't know if they would have actually done what needed to be done. Triple H put himself over Sting. Why? He'll probably blame Vince, but I Triple H could have said no. He didn't. That's why I said, like, a regime change, really. You were complicit. You agreed to all that shit. You agreed to do it, and you carried out your orders. Uh, historically, we know that saying that I was just following orders is not a good is not a good defense. Yes, correct. So you were so these guys were all following orders. So now the people that were all following orders, oh well, we're in charge now. It's fine. You guys were the ones who were following orders for all that bad stuff. You were around during all of it, all of it. So you're absolved now. Now now it's now we're cool. Not to me, not to me, Dave. <laughs> I, I didn't forget. I know exactly who was there. I know who was uh, who was there at the time, who agreed to do it, and who did it. So I didn't forget y'all, and I'm not letting you off the hook. They are who we thought they were, Dave, and we let them off the hook. Indeed. Yeah, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not letting them off the hook. I will remind people as many times as I need to, these were the same people that executed all those orders. These were the same people. Yep. And the regime really hasn't changed. But my point was, wrestling has just gotten worse. Because Tony Khan's weaknesses have not been addressed 
I don't think he's learned his lesson, and if it, and if somehow, in his mind, he believes he has won, that is the worst possible thing that can happen because they will never fix the problems they have then. They will still produce a better show for me, but there could come a time that WWE will produce a better show than AEW because at least Triple H knows how to put on a good show. And if he fixes the morale issue and everything, well, then you're not going to be able to just keep getting more personnel. You won't be able to keep hiring new names. That's yes. that's going to be out of your playbook. And you still haven't fixed the talent relations thing. You got to fix your own house now. Now you need to focus. You need to turn back internally. Well, look, I mean, you just had um, the Jonathan Gresham situation. Yeah. And Jonathan Gresham is not the end of the world. Like, it's fine. Jonathan Gresham had a certain idea of what he wanted to do. Look, I, I could, I've seen some of Jonathan Gresham stuff. I think he's a really good wrestler. But you can take him or leave him. That, that, the last thing in the world that company needs is another Jonathan Gresham. He, he's, he'll be fine without him. But regardless, that's not the point. The point is it should have never come to that. The point is you should have been in communication with him early and be like, okay, this is kind of what we're thinking. You know, uh, what are you thinking about? What do you want to do here? At the end of the day, he's going to have to do his job. But you yep. can still keep him in the loop and have a conversation and figure out where we need to be. There's folks on that roster right now who are probably trying to reach people. They're struggling to reach people who will become your disgruntled person in the future. And then we'll have the disgruntled AEW person because Tony Khan is not cleaning up his own house. He is leaving that problem sitting there festering. Yes, so, absolutely he is. Some people are going to be very happy. Some people are very happy with the way they've been treated. Wardlow certainly has nothing to complain about. Brick Baker has certainly nothing to complain about. They have done very well under this regime and under the system because they have been put in that great position. Jade Cargill has done tremendously well under this. So it's not like they haven't done well by some other talents. Sting has been enjoying his participation in this because he got treated way better in AEW than he ever got treated in WWE during his run. So there are people who legitimately will speak well of this company and will help keep the morale from completely collapsing. But consistency is key, Dave. You can't throw away the rank and file and forget about them. It carries over. People remember that and they talk. Yeah. So you're missing out. Right now you are missing out on future opportunities by not addressing these problems today if you're tony khan you need to you need to find a mirror and look at it and realize that you're not perfect there's still a lot of elements of your game that are missing and if you can't do it find somebody who can and trust them to do that let them do it let them fix that for you and then focus on the parts you're good at yeah for sure like i said i still prefer the i still prefer that show I would be. I will certainly be interested in checking out that live event. I want to check it out. I think it'll be fun, but it's not perfect, and I'm not claiming it's perfect. But I don't trust Tony Khan right now to realize his own blind spots. I think he's still the son of a billionaire, and in the back of his mind, he thinks he knows better than everybody else. And I'm like, you have done certain things extremely well. I give you credit where you deserve it, but I'll also be there to critique where you deserve critique, and there is room where you deserve critique. I named off a lot of people that I think should be better served who should right now be your other stars. You've got stars. You should have tons of stars right now. You've got you, and look you've done like, better. I mean, look at somebody like Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs. Well, Powerhouse Hobbs, what I like is that Powerhouse Hobbs uh, with his heel turn, even though Team Taz was got a heel. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, that'll be fun. I like that. I thought that was good. And I thought it was really good that Ricky Starks was kind of turning a little bit face. He was being kind of nice. Even after he crushed Dan Housen, he was being kind of nice about it. And then Powerhouse Hobbs, like, walloped him. And then all of a sudden, Hook takes the FTW championship. Look, that whole sequence was good. Because guess what? Powerhouse Hobbs now has something to do. Ricky Starks has something to do. A feud. Great. And Hook now has this belt. And the fan and the crowd liked it. And it was really good. And 
And, you know, Ricky Starks gave Hook his props and everything. And Hook can be another potential. I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. AEW is not actually not bad at making stars when they choose to do so, when they focus in on it. Because for Hook, has been building over time. They didn't just rush to it. Mm-hmm. It's been really good. They've actually done a really good job moving him along nice and slow and getting him there. And even with the ridiculousness of Chris Jericho and everything, I think Daniel Garcia has been making leaps and bounds. I think he's doing tremendously well. Wheeler Yuta has been making tremendous moves. They've done very well with those people. They've got these young guys who are potentially going to be big stars. I like Smarmy Christian against yes. Jungle Boy. I love awesome. Smarmy Christian. That's awesome. It's great. It's so much better than Face Christian. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's not that they're not doing good things. There are plenty of good things on the show that I like. But then there's these other little things that it's like, guys, you know, fix it. Like, there's some little things here that could actually be... The show could be really good from top to bottom if you would fix some, plug some of these leaks. There's these little leaks all over the show where it's like, no, adjust this, fix this, give me some more of this. Like I said, I want evil, evil Julia Hart on my goddamn television after you fix some of those things, and I want her there doing some stuff. It'll be funny. This is what the people demand, Dave. People demand it. Dude, man. What, what AW needs most of all is more Julia Hart. Dude, it'll be hilarious. All, all, this, all she did was make her gear black. It's basically a Luchasaurus thing. I don't care. It's still funny. I love it. It worked, though. It, it works. It, it's an, Same with Luchasaurus. It works. It was look, actually a good idea. Look, here's, a, here's another critique I have. I mean, and by the way, this is for both companies. This is both companies. I don't know who is responsible for booking these people. But I don't think they know. And by the way, I think this is the same for the men. I don't think they know how to make female baby faces at all. They're always generic and boring. And then as soon as they turn heel, they're infinitely more interesting. And I'm just like, can, can we literally know? You realize you could you could do a thing where they could have a little bit more personality and the crowd would still get behind it if you would just roll with it. I'm sitting there like, and I'm laughing, I'm dying of laughter. Because by the way, to this day, I still don't understand what Chris Atlander's new gimmick is. I actually still don't understand what it, by the way, I've watched some of her matches. Really good. I'm like, Put Chris Statlander on TV. Yeah, she's improved a lot too. She's really good. She right now she is she is great. And I'm sitting there like, here's another star for you. Heaven forbid this division should get more potential contenders and stars. I love this. Get me Athena out there. Get me some Chris Statlander out there. Like you've actually got more than enough that you could make some compelling feuds and compelling matchups and have and fit it throughout the show. But they keep shoehorning these things together. But uh, even even Anna J. She was just floundering forever, and now she's a heel. And I'm like, okay, but why? Because Tecati told her to? Like, at least they did a segment where she said something to Anna Jay before that. And they're like, okay, fine. But now, but now she's Anna Jay in the Jericho Appreciation Center. I'm like, why? <laughs> out, of all the, out of all the people, I don't understand. And I watched, I watched, uh, I watched a, a little bit of her match in Rampage. Her moveset, they got rid of some of that flowery, like that really slow kick and all that. Like, they actually had her do some more actual holds and some more actually good actually change the moveset yes do that that's good i like that better better keep doing that these are the things that i've been asking for like look anna jay obviously she's extremely attractive so she can be one of your stars if you present her well but you have to tighten up the game in the ring because right now she was moving in slow motion she literally was moving in slow motion so it's like fine then make her her queen slayer is a submission hold Fine, teach her a bunch of submission holds and let her be a submission holds wrestler so she doesn't have that terrible offense, the bad punches and the weak kicks. Change it, adjust. That's not a bad idea. You can totally do that. I think it'd be fine. 
and it would actually look a lot better. And I think she's clearly more comfortable doing that. She doesn't seem like she wants the impact. So fine, then don't force her to do that. Give her something that she's easier to. She, you can teach her a bunch of holds, and all of a yep. sudden, she'll impress crowds by doing that. Why not? You can do that. For sure. And as a heel, she's already got more personality, even though the promo needs a little work. But the point is, it's better than it was. It's still better. <laughs> it's still better. But uh, yeah, I don't know why uh, Why basically the only way you can make these these women interesting, and same in WWE too. The only way you can make them interesting is to make them heels. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, now you're a heel. Say really mean things. And the crowd is like, yay, you're more interesting now. <laughs> that happened. And by the way, that's what happened with Britt Baker. She was just kind of floundering. She was there. And then all of a sudden, she, she made fun of Tony Schiavone and made fun of the crowd. And, and, and it led us to where we are now. Yeah. Isn't it funny how that works? It's weird. I don't know. Indeed. I, I got nothing. I, I, I don't even know. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, but I, I just I just stared at it and I was just like, ah, guys, I don't even know, man. <laughs> I just I just don't even know. Um, but yeah, somebody's got to somebody's got to give Tony a good old slap in the back of the head and go, bro, fix it. Just fix it, bro, because it is fixable right now. But AEW lost a lot of its advantage over the next. Uh, I think I saw somebody wrote down a quote from Bischoff, uh, who said he thinks in the next sixty to ninety days, WWE Creative will improve by leaps and bounds, based on yeah. Triple H's uh, thing. I agree yeah. with that. So that means Tony is on the clock right now. It means he's got, he's right. Because if he gets his people fully in, like I, it takes time. You can't just snap your fingers Not and suddenly sure. it's fixed. But I guarantee, I think his timetable is close. I agree with the timetable he threw out there. 60 to 90 days. That means Tony has about three months to get your own house in order. Otherwise, you're going to start losing the moral high ground because the Triple H led WWE is a hell of a lot more attractive to a lot of these talents than the Vince led WWE. Mm-hmm. So it means all of a sudden your competition is not going to, you're going to, you might have to be, start out bidding them. And, and that's not what you wanted to do. The whole thing you were able to take advantage of, like, oh, we'll treat you better than WWE will. Well, not anymore necessarily. So now yeah. you just lost that opportunity, that advantage. So now you're actually going to have to produce a better show. And your ratings are not going to go up if you will not draw this additional audience. You can't keep ignoring the women's division and put, oh, we got, we got two segments in. Yeah, you got a promo package and a match and you stuck them side by side on the same show. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to draw that demographic by basically ignoring the most of the show, giving them about a 15-minute block, and then going back to ignoring that, the most of the show? If that, 15 minutes, it's not even. Yeah, that's not going to fly. It's not, it's not a quota thing. It's like, let's, let's do some math here. You've actually got enough women in the roster that you could have one more match on the show. It's not that hard. Figure You've got enough out. time. Yeah. Figure it out. Cut a couple of... The problem is that he has a proclivity for these 15, 20 minute matches on TV. It's like, look, I don't want a five minute squash. I don't want that. But if it's a 22 minute Young Bucks match, make it a 17 minute Young Bucks match. Give me five more minutes. Let me grab another three or four minutes from another couple one. And then I can put one more match on there. Mm -hmm. Like, let's borrow a couple of minutes and go, guys, look, just accelerate the pace a little bit. Let's end the match in about 15 minutes. It'll still be a really good TV match. Let's save the 20-plus minutes for the pay-per-view. Yeah, exactly. 100% agree with you, Carl. Yeah. A couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there, all of a sudden I can squeeze another match in. Or a... When's the last time Britt Baker walked, off to, walked out of the ring and did a promo with a microphone? It's been a while. It's been a while. And by the way, those were good. Yeah. Well, let some of the other women have one of those. Especially let... when she was giving away free cheeseburgers. But that's this is what I'm trying to say. You could Once in a while, but you don't have to do it every week, once in a while... Let let one of them go out there and do that. 
give them the microphone for five or ten minutes, let them talk, and then let them build up their character. Let them actually yeah. have a character. Build Definitely. it up, and then it will pay dividends down the road. You'll suddenly have a bunch of marquee matchups when the pay-per-view comes around, and people are actually engaged in some of these other characters. Mm-hmm. Way better. Let them 100%. talk. Yeah, that's just my opinion. So that is the reason, Dave, why I believe that professional wrestling has actually gotten worse. That is my take. All right. That was a good take, Carlos. I hope you're wrong in the long run, but... But you see the reasons why, though. I'm not Absolutely. making this up. I think it's a well-reasoned uh, argument, for sure. Yeah. I just looked at it and I go, I'm glad Vince is gone, but I, I think in the in the long run, I think this actually hurt. So that's my that's just my angle, my take. Anyway. All right, cool. Uh, anything else then we want to touch on? No, I think that was good, man. I think it was a good discussion. Kind of wrapped up nicely, and, and we'll see where we go from there. Yep. There's still time. The point is, message to Tony Khan. There's still time. There is still time to fix it. It's not, it's like, it's not, uh, you know, preordained that the end is nigh. It's like, there's still time to avoid this one, but you got to look in the mirror and fix it because it is fixable, but you got to get out of your own way, put your ego at the door for five minutes and just accept that, Hey, it's not perfect. You can do better. We'll see. We'll see. But I I think he continues to burn the candle out of both ends. And if he's doing the creative for ROH as well, he's fucked. This is my opinion. I think he's going to burn. Himself, I think he's going to burn himself out, and I think that's actually going to hurt creative over time. So it's actually going to get worse. That's why I say yeah. like there's a lot of I, I see I see troubled waters down the down the horizon there. I see it all the way from here. I can see it, and it's avoidable. It's all avoidable, all of it. But we'll see. Can you get out of your own way in time? Exactly, and that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right. So in that case, that's episode 136 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. We'll see if I pulled another Nostradamus out of my hat. We'll see. We'll see. I even gave you all a historical reference, though. It's such a good one. It was good. It was such it was a good, good one. No, it was very good. Wow. Beautiful. Anyway, so that'll be it for this time around. Uh, if you check it out on YouTube, like if you like the video. Subscribe to the channel. If you check it out on the audio version, wherever you check out audio, uh, give a five-star review or whatever that is, uh, whatever it's in that case. And hashtag sponsor us. We we we, we, li- we like monies. We do. Yeah. Anyway, so that's it for myself and David. Until the next episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.